0: All righty. Good morning, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We move on to the Cleveland Browns in this much-improved AFC North, and uh, you know, really, the uh, Cleveland Browns are the poster child for that. You know, Kevin Stefanski moving over here from the Minnesota Vikings, becoming the head coach, and really making a statement about what this team wanted to do. I think he got Baker Mayfield to play more effectively, and the Cleveland Browns—they uh, are a definitive force in this division, and they will be contending for this uh, division title without a doubt this year, Wiz.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, you know, not that it uh <clears throat> excuse me, relates to fantasy football or how it's gonna turn out, but yeah, as my opinion, um the Cleveland Browns have the best overall roster in the NFL right
0: now. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that statement. You know, I think they've made a lot of subtle changes on this team uh, in terms of what they've brought in, uh, I think particularly in the offseason on the defensive side of the football, which uh, we've talked about a little bit, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Um, you know, I think I think when we look at what this team wants to do, you know, they're they looking to punch you in the mouth with that running game. Uh, I think they're also looking to punch you in the mouth defensively. They allowed 500 fewer yards from the previous year Rushing uh, and they ran for almost 500 more yards than their opponents. So, so this is a team that knows what it wants to do. Uh, I think, I think, I think uh, when you look at what Stefanski's system did, I think it gave us an opportunity where Baker Mayfield was very mistake prone. We we ripped to shreds, uh, Freddie the Bass Mission, uh, the Bass Fisherman Kitchens in terms of a head coach, but you know he was very ineffective there. But Baker Mayfield certainly was much more effective as a quarterback. Only eight interceptions, and this was without his top arguably one of his top targets and Odell Beckham Jr., who went down with an injury this year, uh, early that year. Uh, but Mayfield was much more effective as a quarterback in, you know, 3,500 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, like I said, only eight interceptions.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield played well. There's, there's no question about that. Um, he... Is a good fantasy quarterback, but I don't have him ranked as a quarterback. One, I think people have to be able to differentiate the Browns being successful and him being effective to being an elite fantasy quarterback. So I have him... In a league where you're drafting two quarterbacks, he's clearly a guy that I would have as my number two quarterback, but I certainly would not consider him uh, as a quarterback one or a top 12 quarterback uh, fantasy-wise. Do you agree with that? No, I agree with that.
0: I think he's a terrific quarterback too, though. Like, I think he's a guy that you can be confident in uh you know looking at the matchup if if you know maybe you have bad weather conditions for your number 1 quarterback or a bye week or an injury but i do, i do think he makes for a very very good Q, QB two. And I think he'll be a popular selection when you're looking, you know, people will look at the roster or their schedule. And if your top quarterback is a, a bye week I think Baker Mayfield, you know, will be a good guy to plug in depending on the matchup. So, so I do like him as a number two. I think he had a couple of very effective games, especially late in the season. He had some big, big games. Um, you know, I, I particularly remember that game against the Titans where he just absolutely lit them up. Um, And I think he also lit up the Ravens late in the year as well. So a couple of big games from him late in the year. I I like what Mayfield has done. Uh, And, and, you know, again, the system allows him to not, you know, not do as many stupid and risky things. So, you know, this is a team that wants to run the football first. You know, Wiz and I have talked a lot about Nick Chubb, you know, probably top three in the league in terms of skill set as a running back, Uh, yards after contact, you know, it, He's ranked in the top three of that the last few seasons. You know, Last year he was dealing with an injury, but he still averaged 5.6 yards a carry. Nick Chubb did have 12 touchdowns last year and a, and a big drop-off in production but on, only because he had the injury. Uh, and Kareem Hunt is his backup. I think the interesting thing about Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt's uh, a kind of contribution on, on the fantasy side when Nick Chubb was out was not necessarily as, as big as some people thought it would be. And I'd also argue the same thing in the passing game where Kareem Hunt I thought he was going to be a guy that would catch 50 60 passes in this offense last year he only caught 38 passes so you know not the usage that I actually thought we would gotten out of Kareem Hunt but you know this is a lethal duo uh, as Wiz has talked about before you're drafting Kareem Hunt as well in your league you're not getting him as a handcuff to Nick Chubb and you know this is a guy that has significant standalone value as as a player himself
1: yeah, I mean, I'll start with Kareem Hunt. I think he, you know, if somebody wanted to try and debate me that he's a running back too and he's a starting second running back, and I could, I can see that he has enough value. He's just not sure which is going to be the weeks that he's going to be in there when they get down to the goal line, um, and if those receptions are going to improve from last year. To your point, you know, I think he was a bit of a disappointment, and he wasn't the All-Pro top three or five guy that a lot of people thought he was going to be when Nick Chubb went down. Uh, So I have him as far as fantasy football season uh, rankings going into this year. I have Nick Chubb. I mean, I have Kareem Hunt somewhere around running back two slash uh, flex play, but he is certainly a a fantasy football starter uh, in either regard. And I love Nick Chubb. I love his talent, his ability, his his how humble he is. You know, people, if Nick Chubb was interviewed, I'm sure most people wouldn't even know who he is. You don't even hear the guy talk or speak. And, you know, you see these other guys, they're, especially some of his teammates like Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield and the Kareem Hunts, they kind of... Like have been me guys who I guess the coaching staff is trying to change that a little bit and I think they've been successful with that. But Nick Chubb is one of these guys that's easy to root for whether you know you have him on your team and not because he's just a humble guy and he's a he's a terrific player and uh, Nick Chubb is inside the top twelve at running back in my opinion in all formats.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I agree with that. And actually, I think you know you know I tried to play around in prop bets with him catching the ball And late in the season, they actually were using him a lot more in the passing game, not that he had a lot of uh, catches on this team but Nick Chubb can catch the football I think I, I think I, I'll say two things about Nick Chubb uh, well two things about this running back story so Nick Chubb there was a there was a really interesting ESPN piece done while he was at the University of Georgia um, about Chubbtown which was a uh, w- which is a black slavery uh, f- one of the first cities created by by the slaves in, in the United States and uh, it's a great piece if you can go google it I'm sure you can find it on YouTube somewhere but well worth the time uh, and you understand why Nick Chubb has those humble humble, humble ways about him and appreciation from, from what he came from. Uh, I think the other thing I wanted to say about the Cleveland Browns running back, and we talked about this last year, but, you know, the signing of Andy Janovich last year before the season at fullback, which a number of teams in the NFL are trying to employ fullback into their offenses now, but that was a big reason for this team's success. It doesn't do a lot, doesn't get a lot of acknowledgement, but like like the, like what the San Francisco 49ers do with Kyle Juszczyk, Andy Janovic plays a big role in the success Success of this of, of this rushing
1: offense yeah there's, there's no question they have competent guys running the team now uh as you mentioned um over the last few years um 2019 2018 just they, they had guys that just really didn't know what they were doing at the head coach position so now it's the fans in there um they have elite talent uh at the position and a coaching staff that knows how to utilize them. and uh, your point about uh, the fullback is is a, is a good one and, and one that people should uh, take into consideration when they when they think about uh, running backs because there's only a handful of teams that really use the fullback and uh, and have elite blocking fullbacks, which is which is important
0: yeah so and let, let's look at the receiving group now now we look at 2019 a different offense in place uh, Baker Mayfield did make both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham jr thousand yard receivers you know last year we look at how Landry performed even without and, and, and we know Jarvis Landry what he is as a player what he does well uh, he had 72 catches 840 yards last year just three touchdowns you know Beckham got knocked out early in the year but you know I don't know if you can expect either either of these guys to actually broach a thousand yards it's a little tricky from a fantasy perspective. I think volume-wise, I, I actually favor Landry a little bit in this offense. I think they have two guys behind them in Rashad Higgins, who had a very decent yards per catch and, and 600 yards receiving last year. And late in the season, as the season wore on, Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones actually started getting on the field a little bit more. So, so this group is an interesting group. I, I don't really like them from a fantasy perspective. I probably favor Jarvis Landry over Odell Beckham Jr., just in terms of what they're trying to do in this offense, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you'll agree with that, but I, I think it's tricky. You know, Odell Beckham is, you know know—he's got the personality, he's got the name. Uh, you, you know, yeah. he's flashed before. I—I I, I don't know that I have that confidence uh, in this offense for him as a fantasy star.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think no, I think the days of him being a fantasy star uh, on this team are over for several reasons. But I have, you know, Beckham and Landry, kind of like in that wide receiver three. I think that that's right about them. It just seems like it was only a few years ago, probably because it was only a few years ago, old Odell Beckham was one of the top three or five wide receivers um, that you would take in a fantasy draft. But uh, this is my concern about Odell Beckham. Can he mentally accept the fact that he's a complimentary guy? You know, the team is going to run – you know through Nick Chubb and everything is going to you know be off that and you know with the giants and all of that publicity and the hype and the drama and his great catches you know he was just used to being the clearly the top guy but that's not the case anymore so I'm worried about will Odell Beckham and if the answer is yes to this question the Cleveland Browns can 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 make the Super Bowl and win the super bowl can odell beckham accept being a complimentary guy a good piece of the team but you know not the main part of what they want to do if he can it'll be successful if not and it becomes some off the field distractions then you know i don't know what will take place you may see odell beckham moved once again but uh he has to understand and it may be difficult for him to accept it, that that he is not the main guy, and and throwing the ball all over the park is not what Stefanski and the Browns are going to do.
0: Yeah, and and I can see a scenario that, that if if you're if you're correct in that his personality kind of comes into play where he's causing the same kind of chaos that he did when he was a Giant, I could see the case definitely for being him being moved, and then you and then you have to look at, at a guy like Higgins or Donovan Peoples-Jones as being contributors, and I think, you know, Higgins in limited opportunities last year, you know, did make some noise as a receiver, and I, like I said, uh, Peoples-Jones is, is a young guy, but, uh, you know, these are guys that can stretch the field a little bit, so I think, I think just something to kind of keep an eye on as you come into the uh, season this year. Um, l- let's talk about tight end, where I, you know, I look at these two tight ends and and they're both very talented uh, the very uh, the, the very very um, talented rookie that they drafted last year Harrison Bryant uh, got in there a few times last year. Good blocker and very athletic. Uh, Austin Hooper, you know, kind of a lunch pail type guy, you know, didn't put up the numbers that he put in the previous year when he was an Atlanta Falcon, but you know what? He was a go-to guy at times for, for Baker Mayfield, particularly when he had to make a completion. I really do like these two guys from a from a from just a skill aspect. I don't know that they're they're kind of on the cusp of being a, you know, I, I think when you look at Hooper or if something would happen to Hooper and what, what Bryant would bring to the table, you know, they're probably ranked, you know, kind of like that, just below the top 12 I would say I don't know how you feel about that just usage to me is my, my biggest concern I don't deny the talent that either of these players have I just worry how they're going to use the two of them and, and they kind of it looks to me that they kind of usurp each other out a little bit you know I'm not to say that both of them aren't going to be a factor at times but you know, it's just a little tricky from a fantasy perspective.
1: Yeah, I like Harrison Bryant, but he's not going to be fantasy football relevant unless something happens to Hooper. Right now, I kind of look at the Bryant Hooper situation similarly to how I looked the last few years at Irv Smith and, and, and Kyle Rudolph, where, you know, the, the younger guy has a lot of talent, but he's just not going to play enough to be a factor. And Austin Hooper, I, I just have as a solid tight end, too, in my view, because of that they want to run the ball and because of the presence of Bryant, it kind of detracts a little bit from Austin Hooper. So I have, you know, it would take something to happen to Hooper for Bryant to be a factor. And, and the way it stands, I have Austin Hooper outside of my top 12.
0: All right. Good stuff. All right. So let's, let's talk, let's talk defense whiz because I, if, when, I when I look at this defense and, and the changes that they implemented in the offseason, season uh, and, and it should be noted that they actually were improving as a defense last year, as the season was going on. Uh, but, I think the way they play football, the way they want to control the clock, the way they want to use their team. And then you talk to me about what they've added here in the secondary, John Johnson, Troy Hill. We know they drafted Grant Delpit the previous year. Denzel Ward is here. Greedy Williams is here. Uh, I love the draft pick of Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I just think I look through this team. Jadevian Clowney is part of this. To me, this looks like our story for last year when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the defense that we kind of heralded. To me, the Cleveland Browns look to be that type of defense. I see this defense being a top five defense on the fantasy stage this year. Uh, Do you agree with that statement or am I going a little over my head?
1: So uh, the the knock on Jadavian Clowney in college was an elite, elite talent. Um, You know, one of the most freakish players ever but the knock on him was that he took plays off and he's carried that into the NFL where um, this has been why he doesn't get that long contract and he's going from team to team and almost every time it's like a long drawn-out process he's a good player Um, is he going to be good enough to take pressure off Miles Garrett and give him some opportunity if the answer is yes then they're gonna, you, they, you know, they're gonna cause havoc and wreck havoc on opposing offenses. There's no question about that. Uh, but Beijing we, Clowney, we're gonna have to see how that plays out. Um, I, I, I like what they what they did in free agency and the draft. Uh, their, their 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 secondary is really strong now. Uh, they took, you know, they signed Troy Hill and John Johnson from the Rams, uh, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit from an LSU missed the entire season or preseason, you know, injury. Uh, they'll have him back. So there's a lot to like. Uh, Greg Newsome, a terrific draft pick as well. So that secondary is stacked. Um, can they get after the quarterback? Can Davian Clowney give Miles Garrett the help that he needs? That's going to be a key question. If they're going to be a top five uh,
0: defense this year, yeah, and, and and you know we get you just mentioned Garrett Garrett an elite an elite talent and uh, very effective getting after the pass rusher. So yeah, I, I agree with you. Let, let's see what what Jevon Clowney shows up this year. Um, kind of interesting, Wiz, when it comes to kicker here. So the Browns are one of only seven teams' offenses in the NFL last year that generated twice as many touchdowns as field goal attempts. So Cody Parkey, uh, who remember him in Chicago uh, back in 2018. He's the kicker here. He actually was pretty efficient in terms of he missed three extra points. He missed three field goals only, but he only attempted 22 field goals. Now that level of efficiency, I don't know if we expect that to continue. Part of that is born out of like this offense and the way they run it and how good they are in the red zone running the football. But, you know, again, uh, he's there right now. I think Chase McLaughlin is also in camp. You know, last year, this would not have been an attractive spot for a kicker because of the offense efficiency. Um, But, you know, again, uh, that's something I don't think Cody Parkey or slash Chase McLaughlin is are going to be on a lot of fantasy teams coming out of drafts.
1: Agree. I'll yeah. just leave it at that.
0: All right, good stuff. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, that's it for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we have one more team to go in the AFC North. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That'll be up next. We're doing our team capsules Division by division, and right now we're finishing up the AFC North next, like I said, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Talk to you in a bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris. Got it.